Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Praise God. Do you know, I, I, was, I was not always the age I am. <laughs> Funny how that is. Absolutely, but I've always been the age I am. When I was a little girl, my parents would say, go this way. And I did. There were reasons that I followed them. A, they kept their word. And I knew if my father said, all right, when, when I come home, he would make a phone call. When I get home, we're all going to go to the beach. And we go to White Rock. And my grandmother, who lived with us, his mother, she would prepare sandwiches. And we'd all go. And, and part of the neighborhood, would, we'd all pile into the back of the station wagon. And, of course, we're all still alive. <laughs> and we didn't have seat belts. And we'd go and we'd have a great time. I trusted what he said. I followed because I knew the end result. I also began to understand that if my father or my mother said, don't do this, and I did that, they would also follow through on what they had said, and discipline would follow. And I realized, as an adult, having done the same thing with my children, that they followed my voice because they trusted me to keep my word. We need to be people, oh, people who keep our word. Amen. And need to discover some things. In Matthew uh, chapter 11, I want you to see it for yourself. I've heard this verse so many times in so many different ways, and I want to bring something out different today. Well, maybe you'll have heard it before, but that's all right. You can hear it again, and it will help you grow. And trust a great voice in your life. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 10, it says, For this is he who, that's right, who we've been uh, saying his name all morning, whom it is written, Behold, I'll send my messenger before your face, which shall prepare their way. That was John, and he's announcing and he's preparing. Hello, Jesus is coming. We have announcements today. We have announcements Jesus is returning, and they're just as powerful. They're just as true, and they're just as good a reason to start following again. And he says, and from the day, uh, verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there is not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding, notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. There is a bigger one coming than John. People trusted the voice of John. So much so that we were, people were baptized. It, John's baptism. He was a voice that got the people's attention. We need to be people who, when we speak, gets the attention of others. When you have a word and a voice and you've spoken things where you've kept your word, it will increase your influence in people's life. You will be a voice to follow. And verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent Take it by force. Now, typically, when we hear this verse, we immediately think of spiritual warfare. But I believe that it's time to come to a different level of warfare, and that is the force of follow. There is a force that is recognized when we begin to respond with a strong follow of the voice of God. When we follow his voice and no other, oh, we are a force to be reckoned with. And I'll tell you what, we won't be having to step or talk to any devil they'll be running away from us when we walk in with that that known because when we follow the voice of God his voice gets in us and when it's in us things begin to change all around us 
Look what happened in Matthew 4 and verse 22. He said, immediately they left the ship and their father and they followed him. Why? Because Jesus said, come, follow me. And they went, okay. Now, Jesus was a fairly new voice on the scene. But there was an announcement that went before it and said, when this voice comes, when this voice comes, when this voice comes, he'll be no, not, not like any other. Not like any other. And people left their livelihoods and followed a man they knew very little about. And that man was Jesus. That man was Jesus. It's powerful. Now let's look at John. I like the book of John. Well, I like it all. I like it all. But it's always good. I, I, we've had some extremely, uh, uh, well, I enjoyed it, uh, nice times. On Thursday nights, we have a prayer meeting. And we bring in our paper Bibles and, and putting our phones aside. Now, I understand people look up their Bible on, on their phones and things like that. But it's so easy to get distracted by other things that are on your phone, even when you're looking in your Bible. And what's happened after it took two, two Thursdays in a row we've done this. And what happened is people began to have different things. Remember, scriptures come to mind. It's been wonderful. I'm not saying you can't look up a Bible on an on a electronic device. But let it be real with you. Let it be real. Let's, uh, we're in the book of John, chapter 1. And I'm down at verse 43. Oh, it's so hard to come in the middle of it, but you'll get the idea. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee, and he finds Philip. Everybody say Philip. Philip. So we know who we're talking about. And he says, follow me. Now, Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip finds Nathaniel. Philip had a gift inside of him, which is repeated in the book of Acts. Right? Does anybody know the story? What happens with Philip? He is recognized as an evangelist. He actually gets transported. It's pretty exciting. Here, go find his story in the book of Acts. What happened when he responded to the call to follow was a loosing of the very thing God the Father had put inside of him when he was in the womb. His destiny came alive. The first thing he does is he goes and gets another guy. <laughs> that evangelist just sprang to life. Oh, I've got a bunch of people. This is the city. Oh, they've got to hear about Jesus. What happened when he responded? The trouble is today we have become a people who is like, mm, well, I'll not respond or we're delayed in our responding. We do so much checking and we're so concerned about everything that went wrong. Is that when Jesus says, come, follow me. We're so familiar with every other voice. Even to the point where I've seen Christians turn to the world to check out the truth in the Bible. Whew. Well, you know what the scientists have said about this? The scientists confirmed they've actually seen bits of the ark showing up in Mount Ararat. Well, the Bible must be true. You needed a scientist to believe. Now, I'm glad that they got there, and so should we all. But what happened to come follow me? What happened to that great force that looses destiny? There was no holding it in. You can't hold back a gift like that. And I've realized in my life there's been times where I thought, well, I'll stuff that down. It doesn't work very well, and it doesn't happen very long. And then there's kind of a sort of a Gwen explosion. And, and uh, I remember years ago, I, I was given a message, and there was a, a fellow in the audience. He said, oh, my goodness, like you went nuclear. <laughs> it's not good for me to try and hold things inside, but it's not good for you either. Many years ago, when I was just coming to the end of grade 12, and everybody, what are you going to do with your life? And I'd applied at all the colleges, and 
done the thing because I did okay in school and so it was like that's what you do, you apply at the colleges. And I had colleges accept and there was a friend of mine, she'd been in a, a meeting and she'd had these, this group of missionaries come. Now I hadn't met them personally and she was praying about it and she went to a Holy Ghost church and she says, I think you need to look at this. And so she brings me the paper. I never met any of these people. I didn't know anything about it, but when that paper came in my hand, I had uh, graduated from the Bible preparation for Officers College in the, in the Salvation Army and am passed with honors. And so that's five years of preparatory work and, and you have a degree in kind of basic theology. And so I had been granted uh, tuition free, Officers College in the Salvation Army. I had three letters of acceptance to college and then I got this letter. And I, I, I looked at it and it said, you could do this and you could apply. They'll maybe pay you $20 a week if the money's there, but maybe not. You're going to have to walk by faith. And so I wrote them. And I went and I joined this mission group. I followed the leading of the inner voice. I had no idea where it would take me. But all of the things that happened when I followed have been the very foundation of the things that God works in me today. For the first time in my life, I saw miracle provision. We were very, very hungry on one of our trips. And so we gathered with a couple of other groups and we were praying and a bird hit the window and broke its neck. And it wasn't a very big bird, but then we prayed over it and it fed some 20 something of us. We were also, when you follow, God will have you in the right place at the right time. Following puts you in the timing of the Holy Spirit. You'll be where he wants you to be when he wants you to be. And it's powerful. It's powerful. How many people came to church this morning because they followed something inside? They just said, I need to be there. And I'm so glad you did. How many tuned in line? I need to hear this message. I need to get that following force activated in my life again. It's wonderful that God gave us a will. He gave us the will to do it. And God, I realized, was working in me just like it says in Philippians. It's God that works in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I went, oh my, it's working in me. He's doing his good will. And if you yield to him and you say, yes, I will follow. Yes, I'm responding. And I'm not waiting for my neighbor. I'm not waiting for the person to confirm it five times over. I heard the voice and I am saying yes. And you realize he's been working his good will to perform it in your life. I got sent on this mission trip, the very first one, to Alabama. Most people there couldn't understand me when I spoke because of my strong accent. And I also talked too fast for most of them. <laughs> Everything was really slow. And I was talking at a very fast pace, just like the most of us Canadians. And I had A in every other sentence, you know, A. And, and... I had such a nasal voice back then. But they worked out some of that so that the people could understand me. So today, many people say, well, you sort of sound like an American, but you sort of sound like this, and you sort of sound like because I had most of that carved out so they could understand me. <laughs> and the next thing, I was going, y'all? Y'all? I didn't know much, but I was reading the Word of God every day. We were praying every day, and God led us to a place. And today, we often, and lots of people say, oh, don't drink the Kool-Aid. And, the, and that's used as a phrase now that's become a fear point in people's life. People are afraid to follow because of Kool-Aid. Now, I, uh, my husband and I were talking about this a little bit, and he said, you know, there's coming a day where people aren't going to know what you're talking about when you say drink the Kool-Aid. But there was a cult 
And they had gathered together and they started in the word of God and they went off. And they had some big revelation about leaving the earth early. And so they all drank poison Kool-Aid and died. And so when we say, and so then Christians got afraid. They got afraid of people leading. And it created a fear in leaders' voices. So there was a distrust that the devil drove in to the church very strong. I mean, this was years ago. This was, no, 40, because I was 18. So that's like 40 years. I know, I was like, really? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and it just so happened because I followed. God placed me in a place where the military was called in to go and deal with all of the bodies. It's very difficult. And they came back broken. And they came back needing ministry. And I didn't know. Because you see, many years ago, when I was in the womb, God put things inside of me. And when I said yes, and I responded to his call, when I said yes, to follow him. He would place me and the gifts that he placed inside of me, the compassion to see the wounded healed would come alive. And there I was. And the, the military were coming back and I happened to be right on that army base when they were coming back. I had no clue how to pray for those people. But I knew I needed more than a bless you. And something inside of me that God had placed came alive. I prayed in ways I didn't know how to pray. And I'm telling you, as you say yes, and as you begin to respond to that great voice in your life, something will come alive in you. It came alive, and those people were ministered to, and they received. And I looked back, and I thought, the precious timing of the Holy Spirit. But it began with a response. And I'm so glad I've said yes. I, I cried today for those who are sitting and stalling or feeling delayed. I see the potential. And as a minister who's been in the ministry some now, several years, <laughs> I see many who choose the path of hesitation. They hesitate when the voice of the Holy Spirit rings in their heart. Sometimes it's because they don't know how to say yes. Sometimes it's because of fear. And sometimes it's because they just don't know what lies ahead. But that's what faith is. We don't know what's lying ahead. I didn't know where he'd take me. I didn't know one day we'd be so hungry. But he provided. I didn't know... When my husband asked me to say yes, how good it would be to be in covenant with a man who loves me so very much in all of who I am and who God has made me. I tell you what, you should be blessed for my husband. <laughs> Anybody who walks beside me, bless the Lord. They got patience going on. And he loves my quirks. And I'm glad I said yes. So glad I said yes. There's great things that happen when people follow. Let's look at Matthew chapter 8. Oh, we love the Gospels. They get us excited. Well, they get me excited. I hope you're getting excited and things are beginning to stir. I believe there was this wonderful gift I received from Shalane. Uh, I think it was just last year. She made me a little pot and she painted it and put a little spoon in it. And she says, you're always stirring the pot. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Another thing that has come alive in my life because I said yes to following Jesus. I think we overcomplicate things and, and make so many formulas. And if we do all this stuff, when we check all the boxes, it'll be all right and we'll do wonderful and God will be blessed because we're trying to impress him so much. 
praise the Lord. Are you in Matthew chapter 8? Save me now, Jesus. Verse 1, when he was come down from the mountain, and I think, praise the Lord for those quiet moments. <laughs> Great multitudes followed. Not just one or two. Why? Why? Why did he stir the people so? And why haven't we? They knew there was a something in him they could trust, even when they didn't know that much about him. It wasn't just the miracles. There was something when Jesus spoke that stirred in their hearts. And you see, that same Jesus, I believe he lives in me. Do you believe he lives in you? So if you believe all that and he stirred the multitudes, be sure when you submit to that voice and you yield to it and you respond to it and you say yes to it and you follow it, what's going to happen? Going to stir the multitudes. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And everybody goes, halt. Does God it and we get hung up and try to go on five different healing lessons and go into healing school to find out whether it's God's will or not oh dear Jesus puts his forth his hand touches him and I said I will nothing's changed we've always healed people who came we've always healed people who came the trouble is we don't know how to respond to the call to follow. We don't know how to connect. We don't know how to touch him. We don't know how to receive his will in our life, and we complicated it. Last week when we were closing the message, I said, I believe we're about to get messy where healing is concerned. Who cares if you fall on your face or turn over five times? What if you throw up? I mean... You're free. Be free. Follow him. Look crazy. I don't care. I don't care if it looks like a mess. I've cried in front of people. I've been very vulnerable in front of people. I thought that was pretty dangerous, but, you know, God's good. And where people have stepped on me, accused me, blamed me. Oh, they haven't done you that to you, Pastor. We all love you. Well, not everybody loves me. Not everybody loves Jesus. I'm not hung up on it. Don't you be. Amen. I've discovered just what Dr. Laird has said. If there's 10 who hate you, remember there's a whole bunch of million people who haven't even met you yet. There's lots more opportunity to get offended. I like this response. He says, I will be clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleaned. Not 10 days later. Bam. He heard the voice. He heard a voice he could trust that keeps his word. Jesus never lied. God never lies. He's not a liar. You don't have to check with the world to find that out. And Jesus says, don't go telling everybody. They won't believe you. Just show yourself to the priest. That was my, you know, insert. I could sit down and tell you the many things that God has done in my life. When we talk about miracles, I could tell you about great miracles I have seen and witnessed with my eyes. And some will say, sure, I wasn't there. Oh, that was medicine that did that. Really? Sure. That's not a follow that's resistance and rebellion. And you'll stay in sin and sick, probably. Probably. But maybe God will be merciful. Start asking now for grace. Amen. Pray for me, Doreen. <laughs> and Jesus says, don't tell anybody. And then offer the gift that Moses commanded for a testimony. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. 
And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. I will. I will. Jesus doesn't lie. God never lied. He's still doing the healing thing. But most importantly, he's speaking. And he's not done talking either. He's still trying to get most of our attention. Are we going to hear it? Amen. Do you begin to see that this simple thing of response is such a great force? Now, let's flip it over for just a minute. The devil come along and he'll say, I don't think you can do that. You've always failed every time. Remember when you tried faith and it didn't work. And he gets that crazy little voice in there. You know so-and-so and they died. Why do we trust that? The devil's a liar and the father of lies. But we're believing that voice. How do I know we're believing? Because we're responding and we're following it. And we're giving it time in our heads. And what you give time in your head gets in your heart. And once it gets in your heart, you start believing it and then you act on it. And we've seen a lot of characters acting pretty weird. We'd rather they didn't act on it. So obviously, following a voice is a force. And it's time we got pushing the right thing the right way. No, you're not talking to me. The voice I follow is the voice of the good shepherd. And if he's a good shepherd, he's not doing bad and weird things. That's the voice I follow. Is it the voice you will? And you might have to say it 10 times in a day, but is it that hard? So what if you had to say it 10 times in one hour? Is it worse than the sickness, disease, trouble, fear, depression, etc., etc.? I can't pay my bills. What's worse? I had to say 10 times, I'm only listening to your voice, God. Your word said you, you got me. You're always going to do this. You're always on my side. What's harder? The torture or saying stuff? Absolutely. But we have allowed the force of the other side to be dominant in our thinking. And then it got in our heart. It's a force to be reckoned with, <laughs> but not by stepping on it all the time. Now, I've stepped on it, kick him out. But I don't spend 95% of my prayer life dealing with the devil. I spend most of my time focused on the Lord. Help me understand this, Jesus. That's what I pray. Help me get this. Let your word be revealed in me. Let it be strong in me. Pray like that, folks. Follow the voice and say what he's saying until you get it. God, you promised in your word I would understand. You promised you'd break the bread open for me, that you, the bread of life, would come alive in my life. That's what you promised. That's the voice I want to hear. That's the voice I long for. That's the voice I want speaking all the time. I'm done with the other voices show me God lead me God I'm following you wherever you go I'm going I guarantee if you begin to pray that way that other one will lose it won't have time get him out of your head where'd we get to oh I think verse 8 the centurion answered and says Lord I'm not worthy <laughs> That you should come under my roof. But there's something he had. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He understood the authority of the voice. He understood it. He got it. He got it. Do we understand? We talk about it. We, we, know, we know this verse. We know this story. Well, we've heard it. But do we really know it? Do we really know it? Are we under his authority? Are we under it? 
What does it mean to be under the authority of God who speaks the words that never lie, who only speaks truth? Are we under that authority? If we're under that kind of power, if we're under that sort of strong voice, that that truth voice, if we're under that, don't you think it'll show up somewhere? Mm. It'll get in your heart in the same way the unworthy whole trip did. If that trip's bigger in your heart and in your head, we know what you've been listening to. When we get under his authority, his voice begins to rule. And then it changes things. But I believe it's right in that word that I just said. It's the ruling part. I believe at our very core, the whole topic of him ruling us is a little dodgy. We're not, we're, not, we're not happy with that whole ruling me thing. And the, if you would just step back for a moment, the voices of the world are screaming out about self-care. The more I cared for myself, the less God had to move on my heart. God cares for me more than I ever will. And if I'd just listen, I'd be better. I'd know when to rest. He'd say, sit down, quit working. That's all you. That's flesh. Stop it. Right? The Holy Spirit knows what's him and what's you. No, God, it's all you. I was doing Christian things. And he's like, so you don't want to admit? you're in the flesh I didn't need self care to tell me step back a bit hear those words recognize the power of them and don't be drawn into that lie because the world doesn't care about you it hates you it's fickle it'll like you one second and hate you the next It's why we don't rely on the world to give us balance. That whole deal. Well, we want to be balanced. In what way? A false balance is, 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 is of the devil. Yeah, and but we don't balance it with the world's teaching. I'm balanced when I put self down. You know, we sang the song in in Sunday school, you know, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, surely that must mean Jesus first, yourself last, others in between. And I thought it was a great song because I like joy. But I realized that those words are pretty hard. Jesus first, yourself last, others in between. That is not the song of this generation, even in the church. We're like, me first, me first, Jesus, maybe somewhere on the list. Don't forget to feed all the hungry. See, Jesus, I did what you asked. Yeah, and he says, I never knew you. I don't know what that was, but it was not me. I didn't tell you, and that's why you're not paying your bills. Hurts, man. Our calling is not based on circumstance and it's not based on being driven or any of those crazy things. When we follow, we get to the right place. And so Jesus is talking to the centurion. I'm getting there, see? And verse 9, he says, I'm a man under authority, under, 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 having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, come, and he go, and he goes, and come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does. Wouldn't that be great? Amen? Amen. Wouldn't that be great? And God says, go and we go, and come and we come, and do and, he, and we do. Pretty simple. Not complicated. This is not complicated. But what am I supposed to do? Start by loving God. Start by loving God without anybody telling you to. Without anybody telling you, you should get up and pray every day and read your blessed Bible. What happened to the hunger? What filled that void? 
that we got full of the wrong stuff. And when Jesus heard, he marvels and said to them that who did what? Mm, just follow things. Pretty cool. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So he's talking to those who will hear. And I say will, will. Those who will hear. Those who will hear. Those who will hear are those who followed. Following is your personal response to what God is saying. And first and foremost, our most vital thing that we can ever do is be in a relationship with him. What if you're all alone on an island and there's no one to witness to? Should you still get born again? Absolutely. Man, that is, some of us are going, well, praise the Lord. I wouldn't have any phone calls. <laughs> Nobody interrupting my prayer time. You wouldn't be bored. So we think we have to do something to impress God. We think that following is doing good works. But following is listening and responding when he calls. Come here. How about that verse that says, don't you know I longed to gather you up like a hen gathers her chicks? What's to gather us? Come on. We can have such a good time together. And we're like, Argh. You know, there's always one chick, if you've seen them. I've been on farms. There's always one that's trying to sneak out of the wing. And the mother hen's clucking. And she's going. And there's one sticking out its little beak. Don't be that one. Get under the wing. Praise the Lord. <laughs> when you follow, you're not doing your own thing. Of course, the centurion servant was healed. Of course he was. He followed. When people followed, they got so excited, they thought they could just break a roof and throw a guy down. And they did. He's in there. He's in there. We're chasing him. We're chasing him. Where'd the chase go in God's children? You know, and I remember when the kids were little and daddy came home. And they'd run to the door. And they'd see him coming. I remember when my own father, we, we'd see him coming down the block. We knew it was that time of day. We'd get out, and we'd see his car coming down the block. And we'd run. We'd be waiting. Dad's coming home. Dad's coming home. And we'd run alongside the car <laughs> all the way home ah, with the dog down the road. We're so excited to see Dad. Are we excited to see our father spend time with him? Oh, we're coming to church. Oh, get ready. We're going to see the Father. And we're going to do it together because it's more fun when we're together. Where'd the follow go? Where'd the intensity of it go? Oh, well, I'm pretty intense, but, and I hope it, you know, gets there. But I want to encourage you that it's really about responding. It's really about just hearing him and being with him. The place he's taken to me. I, I, it's wonderful. The places that I've gone without him have been horrible. But when I hear his voice and I respond, everything is good. Everything is good. Yes. There are some people, because of the self-care, they built themselves little pots. Not often referred to them as the potted plants. They get in a pot, and when they don't like the music, or they don't like the songs, or they don't like the preaching, or the preacher wore the wrong jewelry one day, and, and they didn't like this, and they didn't like that, and somebody didn't smile right, and somebody didn't do this right, and they pick up their pot, and they go to the next place. We see it. It happens. Be where God told you to be. And you don't owe anybody anything if you're in the wrong place. Just In that place, get up and go. But there's also a thing, and the Lord was showing me this. There's also a great principle that can work. Sometimes when I was in a city that didn't have a church, after we got married, we were in Houston, B.C., and there was a church that had six people, and it was very dead. 
Um, my husband, because of he was not the first guy in the mechanics pole, was typically gone. I thought, hey, married life. Well, you know, and, and I understand. I was running 24-7. I was on the mission field. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was never, I, I slept little and did lots. If the church was open when I was home, I was there. That's how our family was. When the church was open, we were there. And we went into a city, and I'm thinking, yay, marriage, it'll be so much fun. We'll do all this stuff. And he was gone. He'd be home for a few hours. I'd see him, hi, oh, I got called to the mine. I'd be praying, God, you know, just one weekend after we got married, be nice. And I never saw him. He'd be, oh, this broke down here, blah, blah, off to the mine. Can you make me some sandwiches? I'm like, We had a freezer. It was 18 cubic foot. It was so full. Jesus, I could have fed an army. And there was no army to feed. And I had it all labeled and packaged and stacked up. Uh, my, my house was so clean. It was a small apartment, one bedroom. And I had all the spices labelized. I cleaned everything. I had a, I put up a, a road. This is what I do every single day. I vacuumed every day because I had nothing to do. And there was no one to get it dirty. I mean, <laughs> we never opened the windows. It was too cold. I had to plug the car. And I, ugh. I'd never knit in my life. I knitted myself and my husband a sweater in like three weeks. <laughs> An Indian sweater, dear Lord. And then I lined it. I, I was like, I'm so good. Bethany, you wouldn't do good in that place either. I, I was like, so you know what I did? I got a job. I was like, I went out and got a job. It's so boring. And part of the reason I was bored is because I went into the, to different coffee shops that were there, and I got banned. I'd get in there, and I'd start sharing the gospel. I was looking. I wanted just someone to share the gospel with, and they got so offended, everybody leaves. So, the, like, the owner's going, you know what? You come here, everybody leaves. I lose my customers. I just wanted someone to talk about Jesus. Finally, someone surrendered. I was so blessed. <laughs> And it was so interesting. I'd never really cast out devils before, but she had a ghost in her bathroom. I was so interested. I mean, she was, she was needing Jesus very badly. And uh, she was an older lady. And so I get in her house. I'm like, I'm excited. I get out all the chapter and verse. Now, I had seen some deliverance. I had never prayed deliverance, but I knew about Jerry Savelle's story. Find it one, on one of his tapes and enjoy it. And so, so I'm like, okay, where is this ghost thing? Because devils can't be where Jesus is. And, you know, and I spoke the word of God, and we went in that bathroom where that thing kept showing up, and, and I anointed those walls. I mean, I was doing everything I could find in the Bible, but I hadn't prayed first, and, of course, it didn't go. But so then I thought, well, the Bible says to fast and pray, so that's what I do. Well, you know what? I thought, I'm talking very fast. I thought, <laughs> I got excited. I thought... I was doing a good Christian thing. While I'm fasting and praying, I realized I was fasting for all the wrong reasons. I was fasting to change something. But God needed to change me. And I needed to hear. I was like, no. I got under authority. I got under the voice. And the voice said, now go. And I was like, I'm color up. All right, I'm ready. I tell you what, I'm praying for this. And I knew there was like a manifestation, and the lady behind me starts screaming in her house. But that devil wasn't just in the bathroom. It was in her. <laughs> and it came out. And then we were really happy, and we had good times together. <laughs> oh, man. I was really glad, and I started praying, God, get me out of Houston. Town of 3,000 wasn't good for pastor. <laughs> I went to the church once, and it was like, oh, dear. And uh, there was it, was, it was not a welcome place. So I, I blessed them. And I was blessed when my husband got called back down here. I was blessed. Go where he calls you. Go where he leads you. I realized as I was up there that I could have become a potted plant. I could have gotten a pot and just moved around. I knew I needed to be planted. I knew that it was important. But I also saw this thing. When you're in a pot, you can get root bound. And I've never seen anything that looks so confused. It's confusing. And it get tighter and tighter and tighter to the point where it can't even get water in it. It doesn't grow, it doesn't produce fruit. 
But there's a very wonderful thing. If you get that plant out of the pot when it's root bound and you break up the bottom and put it in soil, it grows so fast and catches up and it springs to life and the very nature of that tree comes forth. So you might have felt a little bound by self-care, looking after yourself, making sure no one ever hurts you. Maybe sometimes God's called you and you've got trapped in the delay mode. Maybe somebody watching online, I want to tell you, just get in some soil. Allow the Holy Spirit to talk to you again. Let his voice be the voice to follow. It will be worth it. You'll see the change you've longed for. There's nothing so sweet as to come and see what you've believed for, what you've hoped for, come alive in someone. It's an amazing thing. I mean, it's really nice. I'm, I'm happy. I love Jesus. I'm glad I've got his voice talking to me. But it's so much better when we're together. It's so much more when we see others coming alive. And they go, man, I'm going that way. I had enough of me. Haven't you had enough of your own voice? I had enough. I've had enough of a church without power. Had enough. I've had enough of the lies of the devil. I've been there. That's how come I know about them if I talk about it. There were days where I felt very unworthy. There were days when I thought, are you sure you want me to do this? Do you know who I am and what I've done in my life? Do you know how many mistakes I've made? And you know what his response was? You're the one who remembers. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed my transgressions. Hebrews 10, 17 says, there remaineth no more, no more sin. He took it away and he's forgotten about it. He's forgotten about it. I was the one doing the recalling. I was the one doing reminding. I was the one that was keeping my past alive. Not him. Whatever you're called to, Stop being the voice that calls. Find that place where he just says, come follow me. He's never lied. He's not lying now. And you don't need the world to tell you. It's a good thing. This morning, we're going to have communion. And it's time we responded out of our heart again. God's precious. He loves us. What you're facing should be Jesus and not your trouble. So it's time to turn your head just a little. Turn your head. Get that crazy thing out of your focus. And let him speak again. As we prepare for communion, I want to say this. I'm going I'm to read that bit out of Luke so powerful. It's been really in my heart the last bit as we believe for eyes to come open and ears to hear. Why? So that you could hear him calling you. You could hear him saying, come, follow me. Come on. He's not going to lead you wrong. In Luke 24, verse 21, it says, now, these are the two on the road to Emmaus, Luke 24, 21. These are the two, and they're walking along. They're so upset because they didn't understand about Jesus. They didn't understand what he had to go through so we could live through. I'll start at verse 20. It will make more sense to you. How the chiefs 
priests and rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today's the third day since those things were done. They knew the word. They knew he was supposed to raise. But they thought he lied. Who gave him that inclination? What voice was talking to them? He had Jesus right there. How many times has Jesus been right there? Sometimes in worship, he's, we, we come to a place of knowing he is so present. And that reality, it just it, it's so there. And yet, we feel so far. Trust was broken somewhere. But I guarantee it was never God who did not keep his word. It'll be some man somewhere who said something that got in your heart that you believed more than the voice of God. But we trusted that it should have been Jesus. They just didn't know. And they didn't see. But we know this tremendous thing happens. In verse 30, it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, Jesus sat down with the two. He took bread and he blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Now, when Jesus blesses a thing, he's not doing it silently. He must have spoken something. He spoke words out of his mouth. The word became flesh. Right there. Right there. He blessed it. He spoke. And when he spoke, something came alive again inside. And he broke that bread. And the living God poured forth. And their eyes came open and their ears, and they knew they were with Jesus. They knew it. So what holds us back from true communion with God is that we did not hear. We did not hear. And when he spoke, we did not say yes. It's very simple. Allow him to be the trusted voice again. For all the time, sometimes I think we have to say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I had you all wrong. I didn't get it. You were standing there talking, but I wasn't listening. And I didn't see. But you're here now. And I'm listening. And I'm seeing. And the word will come alive. Would you bring me the bread? Who's got the bread today? As I pray over this bread today, let the places where trust was broken through the voice of another, I'm believing today for that place to be healed. God's told us we were moving into a time of deliverance and miracles. It's always been his time, but we people sometimes move slowly into that. But it will never happen if we do not pray for those. And that's why we've asked for, for prayer requests, because we know some of you cannot be here. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, the power's the same. Today, when after communion, the pastors are going to gather can I have a bigger piece? Is there a bigger piece I could break? That's all right. Take your time. I'm, I'm Just keep talking. We believe that God wants to work tremendous miracles. But he doesn't work miracles if no one ever asks. Some people may know a, a friend who's ill, who needs a prayer. Some people may be in a financial place and they need a miracle. What miracle... Have you been delaying on because trust was broken? God's going to heal that part today. 
and we're going to believe God and see a tremendous healing. So many of you, even sitting here today, I know have received a great healing from the Lord. And we're grateful for what he is done, doing, and about to do. It's a great place. It's a great place. So it's so wonderful. He said, verse 32, they said to one another, have a conversation with someone. Talk about what the Savior's really done for you. Never mind what the devil's done. What's Jesus done today? And I'm grateful for what he did yesterday. I am. But what's he done today? Today he quickened my mortal body. Amen? Did not our heart burn within us while he talked? While he talked? Oh, my. That is the voice to follow. Thank you. It'll be all right. I just wanted you to see Jesus is the bread of life. If there was no breaking, the power wouldn't have flowed. There was manna in the desert, but he's the new one. Now, this is just a piece of something. I think nan bread or some nan bread. But I wanted you to see it and know. Sometimes, you see, we've come, oh, Jesus. There's a lot of weird talk about God breaking us. And it's weird and it's wrong. Come on, just for a moment. There's a wrong understanding and they think God's going to break you so he can make you. And that is a just one more lie. And I do not like how it has kept people captive. God doesn't like it either. He was broken. Will you ever experience pain that may feel like it? Absolutely. But it was never at God's hand. That doesn't mean you won't face a challenge. It doesn't mean that some days it's, it's difficult to believe. We all have those days. But focusing on him breaking you is not the day. And only horse that needs to be broken is one in rebellion. If you soft to his voice, you'll receive the breaking that already took place. Do you hear me? If you're soft to his voice, you'll be able to surrender to the breaking that already took place. I'm not praying for God to break me. I'm praying that I'll respond to his call. Without delay, without hesitation, without a hold back. Without a hold back. All in. All in. The breaking has already happened. And I said, And when Jesus, who was standing there beside the people whose trust was broken, he said he blessed it. Bless that picture of the breaking. Bless it that we get it, what the Bible has said, that we will see what God has done. That we see what Jesus paid for. Bless this breaking of this bread this day that eyes will come open. Trust will be healed. Bodies whole. People following. Eyes coming open. For your glory, Jesus. I break it today. In remembrance of a once broken, now restored king. Hallelujah. Stand upon your feet. Horemate. Jesus. O preandest. Brotoshta kanya. Jesus. Thank you for taking every pain. 
taking every misunderstanding from us and healing us. Oh, for calling to us your people. You are my God. And we are your people. We are your people. As we celebrate what you've done. This day of thanksgiving. May we all thank you. For the power of the working of the blood. And never look back. Never give utterance from our lips again. Of the things that were. That we would speak of you now. And what you're doing. And the great things you're leading us into. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.